Special Saturday morning edition of Let Me Pod to You. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter at We Hate Jacob. I'm here with my co host, Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter at Dimitri Talks. No beers this week because it's 11 a.m. We both got <laughs> coffees, though. So yes, we will be well caffeinated and mm-hmm. dehydrated throughout this podcast. <laughs> Dimitri, my question of the week for you How yeah. do you feel about the Elimination Chamber being used as a qualifying mechanism for world titles? I think it's a great idea. Adds more stakes to the matches. I think it's really cool. How about you? I have mixed feelings on it. Yeah. I did not like the Elimination Chamber being used for the United States title because I think it kind of devalues the event and the chamber. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like an interesting second bite at the WrestleMania Apple for um, you know these main event level, level stars after right. the Royal Rumble. So... Not mad about it. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Our format here is top of the mid, headlines, stocks rising, stocks falling. These can be specific wrestlers, storylines, et cetera, to kick off a conversation. But first, my top of the mid. Yes, sir. <laughs> Dimitri was unimpressed with the mid-card talent this week. Mm-hmm. He said they should all be fired. <laughs> so I'm going to come in and do top of the mid this week. And oh. we're going to take a swerve over to AEW because it's mine. Um, My top of the mid is the Chris Statlander, Willow Nightingale, and Stokely Hathaway storyline that's playing out somewhat on Dynamite, but more on Rampage. And it's just been fun because Stokely Hathaway is insanely entertaining as management, as a manager, um, as just on-screen talent that's not in the ring. And his whole like, oh, you know, like, I can see the vision with Chris Statlander, but fuck Willow Nightingale. Like I I need to make them not be friends. And Chris Stat and Willow Nightingale be being like, well, sorry, pal, we're besties. If you want to be in this group, you got to be in this group and kind of seeing this slow face turn from Stokely. There's been a lot of uh, interesting um, online content where, uh, one of the Dynamites, Chris Statt and Stokely Hathaway, were outside the arena giving away Willow Nightingale t-shirts. Um, and Stokely was very unhappy about giving things away for free to poor people. Um, it, it was. It's just been very <laughs> funny, though, like watching like two of the babiest of faces of a- an AEW yeah. turn Stokely Hathaway into a face. So I've been really enjoying that that storyline. Hell yeah. Lovely. We finally got a uh, top of the mid over on the other side. We really did. We really did. Mm-hmm. Um, Dimitri, what's your headline? Uh, Montez Ford dropped an album, dude, and it's actually pretty good. Um, you know me. I'm always going to listen to anybody who drops like a project, especially a rap project. I'm always like, hmm, hmm, how do they stack up? You know, when you know in my history, I'm like, hmm, how nice are they? Montez Ford's actually pretty solid. Uh, beat selection is pretty cool uh flow is nice and he's got um dude from uh what was that group he 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 left the wwe he was a big fella top dollar top dollars on the album multiple times and i will say this i'm typically not a fan of top dollars freestyles but 
on the album, he actually he actually did his thing. It's like it's a pretty solid listen the whole way through. It's like six songs called "God Is Good." Uh, so yeah, it's majorly solid. And on top of this, I wanted to add I started watching the Montez and Bianca show on Hulu mm. uh, because they got Janie you. really likes. Yeah, what's up? They got you. Yeah, they got me. Janie really likes reality TV, and I really like wrestling. So anytime there's like a wrestling reality TV show, we just dig right in. Uh, and it's been pretty good. It's been interesting because uh, for a while though, there as WWE fans, we were saying that Montez really deserved a shot, especially a while ago when he was really kicking ass in the Street Profits. And it felt like he was just never really going to separate himself because they just never really gave him a shot to separate himself. I still feel like that's the case. But I mean, right now it's pretty crowded. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard <laughs> right now. But um, it was interesting because in the show that he kind of touched on that, like he was talking about how he was trying to bulk up so we could get the look, which we obviously saw. I didn't even need to hear him say that. I I knew that. We knew it. Yeah. Uh, He was trying to bulk up and he was talking about how he's just working so hard because he really wants that opportunity to shine on his own outside of the Street Profits. So it's been an interesting watch. It's also an interesting dynamic because... um, he, uh, they were talking about Bianca having her uh, WrestleMania matches like back to back years, and that you know, as cool as that is, Montez is super happy for her, but at the same time, it's hard for him because he wants to be there, but he really hasn't had that uh, showcase the same way that Bianca has. So interesting dynamic working in the same place, one having a ton of success, one having some success, but not exactly what he's wanted. So it's a good watch. That's interesting too. I mean, after the uh, press conference on Thursday, there were some interviews that were done afterwards with specific talent um, and Fightful did an interview each with Seth Rollins and with Becky Lynch. And, you know, they kind of asked them some similar questions about, um, you know, how does it, you know, feel to kind of be competing for the other main event spot on night one of WrestleMania right now? Because it really is probably going to come down to, does Rhea Ripley versus whomever or Seth Rollins versus whomever main event night one. Mm -hmm. And it very easily could come down to Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch or Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, I guess. Hey, you're not going to, you don't think, uh, you don't think EO and Bailey would main event a night. I don't know. That's my, that's like my second favorite storyline. No, I I mean, it's going to be my headline. We'll get there in a moment, but I just think that WWE will put Rhea Ripley there yeah, ahead no, I, of I, Bailey. That's fair. I mean, she's Rhea Ripley. I mean, <laughs> mm, they had the uh, kickoff to WrestleMania press conference and the Women's Royal Rumble winner wasn't there. Kind of tells you what they, you know, where they put that story, which yeah. I disagree with. But hey, um, and it was just interesting how they were. They both said very similar things like, of course, I want to main event WrestleMania, but I'm also my partner's biggest cheerleader. And if Becky was saying, you know, if Seth is in the main event, I'm going to be watching and I'm going to be cheering him on. If I'm in the main event, I know he's going to be back there cheering me on. Absolutely. So it, it's they said it's like really interesting competition kind of in the house and yeah. they're very competitive people at their cores and it's it's a healthy competition. It was the big thing they kept coming back to. Hell yeah. So it's, it's always interesting, you know, having two people work in the same place, competing kind of for time. Interesting. Yeah. My headline is Bailey made her choice yes. uh, last week on SmackDown. Um, she is tired of being bullied 
by um, Io and the Kabuki Warriors. Yep. And she speaks Japanese, Dimitri. Mm. I did think it was a little bit corny how she very clearly spoke Japanese and was like, yeah, that's Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro. Like, okay, you didn't have to tell me that that was Japanese. <laughs> I, I got it. Um, <laughs> but she also, you know, she'd been around the block multiple times. She knew that she needed to have some kind of weaponry there and she had a steel pipe ready to go at ringside yeah, buddy. Um, so that she could fight them off. Um, I did find it interesting that last week Dakota wasn't there. Yeah. And then last night on SmackDown, Dakota Kai comes out. Quite the sort of here. Have, have a little conversation with Bailey. And then she has a steel chair. I was like, oh, dog. Bailey's just got no friends anywhere. Yeah. But wait, Dakota Kai is in Bailey's corner. And I, I like that. Yeah. Evens up the I, numbers I a little bit. If she is cleared soon, um, which, I mean, she tore her ACL in May of last year. So she's at about that point that she should be getting cleared soon. Um, they, that could make some interesting kind of stuff towards this build. You know, does Bailey and Dakota Kai steal the tag belts off the Kabuki Warriors ahead of WrestleMania? Um, you know, it, it really makes some some interesting things happen. Uh on this road i agree it was a major swerve for me i was totally expecting dakota kai to come back and you know based on the way she's acted and the way she's kind of represented um damage control i was expecting her to fully side with oscar um eo and uh Kyrie. but you know we got that swerve there it was really cool how they set it up too with the chair shot how she was like behind bailey and i was like oh my god and then they they swerved <laughs> us and i was like oh but yeah, I think it was a very interesting move. It's nice that it, I felt genuine. I genuinely felt surprised there. Like I was totally 0% of me was expecting that move. And um, I, I love Dakota Kai. Um, I think she does great work. Um, and I think her as a face is better than her as a heel. I don't know. She's just got this lovable thing about her. So her and Bailey together is a great thing. Um, and then it makes, uh, obviously the other side of damage control, very hateable and, um, a lot of emotions here. And I just love the storyline. I just think there's so much to it. There's so many like feelings. There's so much history here considering they Bailey started damage control. What? Like two years ago or something like that. Uh, summer slam 22. Yeah. So about two years ago. Um, and yeah, that was a great moment. And, you know, like I said, last podcast, there were a lot of times in between where we felt like it wasn't really cooking. It wasn't really meshing right because there was a point in time where it was just like, yeah, but there then, there. Um, yeah, it wasn't there. And uh, we just, they stuck with it. And uh, now we have something that is very interesting. So I'm glad they stuck with it. Glad they didn't listen to us who said, break it up. And uh, I'm really excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. I guess let's, uh, Let's get into it. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, Smackdown buddy. last week. <laughs> the WWE made one of the dumbest decisions they ever made by Cody Rhodes giving up his spot in the main event to The Rock. And, huh, who would have thought the fans would be mad? I, I believe this was the plan all along. I don't, I don't care. I believe it. I don't think so. I, I believe I it. They, do you, do I you think see? They truly, I think they truly thought... 
oh, it's The Rock. Everyone's wanted The Rock and Roman for years. We're finally giving it to them. They're going to be thrilled. It's no going to be a huge main event. I truly think they thought that's what was going to happen. And then everyone was like, um, the fuck? You've been telling this story for two years, and you're just going to take it away? I... I I just disagree because the immediately the one thing the rock said that stuck with me is long game. Which is interesting because if it wasn't about the long game, right? Like you know, he would have the plan would have been him to main event WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. However, long game like puts the seed in your mind that oh, it's some some different than that. There's something bigger here, like maybe a bigger storyline, maybe a longer storyline is going on here. When The Rock said long game, that's what got my wheels turning. And actually, immediately when it happened, I'm just like, there's no way. There's just like no way. This just doesn't make sense. The way they've been booking everything, the way they've been setting up everything, all of the like hints and everything to just throw that all away because The Rock is back. It just, I know, I know it's The Rock, but it just doesn't make like logical sense. And like credit where it's due, since Vince has been gone, since Triple H is in power things have in general made logical sense and if they don't make logical sense they make sure to make it make sense afterwards i think i think this is the plan man i said it from the jump i do i really do and i think we all got swerved and i think it was fucking genius because guess what happened we had all that news about vince and things were really bad and of course that's really bad and WWE said, you know what? Here's a swerve for you. They fucking gave us that. They fed us that. We talked about it nonstop. And then we have this press conference, which if Cody was announced as the challenger before the press conference, right? There mm-hmm. would be not nearly as much buzz for the press conference. Everybody tuned into the press conference because it's like, what are they going to do? I think that was the plan all along. Okay. <laughs> I I think that it was along those lines of oh we got to get this heat off the company because of the the Vince news yeah uh, rock in the main event that'll take it that'll do it and people were just mad I'm gonna I'm gonna just have to disagree with you Fair we're enough. gonna have to agree yeah. to disagree <laughs> I think they just like try to do something else and hmm what a surprise people were mad I think that's what <laughs> that's what happened so at the press conference yeah Seth Rollins comes out blah blah blah. Roman comes out and oh man, Roman keeps big dog and Seth like majorly, absolutely, like, yeah, insanely big dog and Seth like keeps talking about him coming out in his wife's clothes, keeps <laughs> talking like, get this bum out of here. I'm like, <laughs> Roman, you're killing him, you're killing him, man. And, like and it's been hilarious. Like this it is has been really good. Roman's best promo work in a while, to be yeah. honest. But Jesus Christ! Uh, so the Roman Roman comes out. He says, "You know, when you're a tribal chief, you get to make these kind of decisions. Something that this loser doesn't understand." Referencing Seth Rollins, and he says that he wants the Rock in the main event. And then Cody, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> He I had to laugh at that too. He also did the Cody walk, you know, the yeah, <laughs> the cartoonish angry yeah, walk. Like, come on, man. Uh, but Cody says he wants Roman. Uh, so Cody's going to get Roman in the main event mm-hmm. as of now. Mm-hmm. 
Then there's some more stuff backstage. Well, I guess on the, on the stage before we get there, uh, the rocks talking about the bloodline. There is only one Royal family in wrestling and it's the Samoans. Uh, then Cody comes out, says that the, the rock and Romans ancestors would be disgusted with them. And the rock slaps Cody Rhodes across the face. Uh, very funny after this was all done because CM Punk's down. I'm so there glad part that of you're the, bringing this up. <laughs> the thing. And he's like, he's like, Hmm, an executive putting hands on talent. I'd be throwing hands. And everyone's like, yeah, we know you would dog. You he's did so that. funny, dude. He's actually hilarious. <laughs> but I like, and you know, he just still has beef with, with Dwayne, you know, like yeah. he, he's down there. Like I want to punch the rock in the face. The He's rock so needs punched in the face. You can see the rock on the stage being like, what's this motherfucker yeah. saying? <laughs> He's a little so funny. Then we get backstage and the rock is, you know, going past triple H and he's like, he's like, if you don't fix this, we will blah, blah, blah. And I have to say, I did. I wasn't in love with the way they kind of structured that where the rock is kind of walking in front of Roman and taking charge of the situation and Roman's just kind of following along. And I was like, it's not very tribal chiefy of you, my tribal chief. It's a fair assessment. But I think that also may lead to what you're talking about. A long game, long game, you know? So my question coming out of this is if triple H didn't have heart issues, do you think we'd be building to the rock triple H at WrestleMania? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great question. Very possibly. You know what? That's very, it's really interesting. A lot of the shit you put into there, into this uh, rundown, is a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> so I had to find other stuff, but it's perfect because now I got shit to say. Um, so uh, regarding Triple H, I thought it was very, very interesting that uh, he's really. I feel like he's he's been like a figure on TV for a minute but he's not really been like interjected into storylines. He's just kind of been the guy announcing stuff being like, all right, Hey, here's this, this, and this happened. All right, guys come out and that's it. Um, right now it feels like he's kind of mingling in the storyline. You know, he's got like a part to play in it. Uh, he went on uh, SmackDown and was like, if there's a call, it's going to come from me. Like, and clearly they're showing a little of uh frustrations between him and rock uh between him and the talent and you know i just love that like power dynamic where it's like uh the boss and i guess the rock is technically the boss boss but they have different responsibilities he's on the board Um, they could do some kind of (laughs) storyline thing with that too of Mm -hmm. like this is this is a samoan hostile takeover of the show, you know, yeah. the rock, interesting. They, they could film something that like is like a boardroom scene, if you will, with the rock presenting like triple H is failing this company. Mm-hmm. He left money on the table for WrestleMania by taking me out of the main event. You, you know what you have to do. And then like hard cut at the end of a SmackDown or something, you know? Yeah. And then Monday on Raw, they have Triple H will make an announcement. And Triple H comes out doing something like, unfortunately, the board 
has decided to relieve me of my duties. This is some good Which shit right here. We know that like Triple H wouldn't be. Like he's still writing the show. It's fine. It's, yeah, fine, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's on it's on TV. It's fine, and fine, then fine. like as he's like giving this speech, you get the rock to Can you smell? The rock comes out and he's like, "Security! Get this man out of here. He doesn't work here anymore." Oh my god, this would be gold, like, bro. You got to get on the creative team. <laughs> <laughs> But I it really would like be one this. of those things that, like, this would kind of lean into what you were talking about with yeah. this long game situation. It's a long game. It's happening. So, I mean, I think it would be so fun, though. If Triple be. H could go one more time. I wish Triple H one H more time because H. Triple H is one of my favorite heels of all time. So I would absolutely love that. But that's why I'm excited. <laughs> I know, I know in this situation, but uh, that's why I'm excited because, you know, it's nice to see him kind of involved in the storyline again, like mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. a bit involved. He doesn't got to wrestle. He's just great on the mic. He's great at talking. He's great at being convincing. So Ooh, love that. I just got another one. Oh, so I'm, we're going to we're going to jump into stock rising here because one of my stocks yeah. rising was the GMs getting along this week was a fun change. Yeah, that's um, funny because that's another thing I wanted to talk about as GM. So perfect. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll go in here and kind of going off of this. I mean, they had all three Triple H, both GMs of the shows in the ring on SmackDown as a show of solidarity that they work together. And, you know, maybe there's competition between the brands, but when the time comes, they're going to be on the same page. Triple H can't go. He needs someone to fight his battles for him. And Cody Rhodes is involved with his own stuff. And there's, there's someone on the SmackDown roster. One Nicholas Aldis who very recently was an in-ring performer. Maybe he represents the, you know, executive team as he can be some muscle as well as microphone. Almost like, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Ooh. Hmm? That's hmm? some good shit right hmm? there. Hmm? I really, so I loved the, like the authority story from back of the day where uh, Seth Rollins was a little slimy heel being controlled by Triple H being thrust hmm. into the main event story. So anything relatively similar where triple h is pulling strings and somebody's out there doing his deeds love that well i mean we know that triple h and Shawn michaels love to run back storylines on tv yeah i mean triple h <laughs> literally just did that with bailey and Sky like a week ago our truth and, and uh the judgment day Sami Zayn, bloodline <laughs> yep <laughs> um and i mean on nxt Carmelo turned on Trick Williams at Vengeance Day, and then he came out on Tuesday and was was talking his shit. And then Trick's music hits, and he's like, <gasps> and then like the camera, you know, is waiting for Trick to come out, doesn't come out, and it goes back to the ring. And Mel's there, like, whoa, that Trick, nothing gets past you, huh? He's not here because I broke <laughs> his knee. And it's like, oh yeah, they're just playing the hits. Yep, and I'm fine with it. Absolutely. It worked then. It works now. Yep. (laughs) So I could definitely see them doing something like that, Dimitri. 100%. Mm. Yeah. So uh, about the GMs, I just wanted to add here because I've just like really enjoyed. I tweeted about it even. I've really enjoyed um, just the amount that they're putting them on TV. The amount that they're like making them involved in things. The amount that they're making things make sense through the GMs really just helps with like the separation of like brand identity and like having it seem like these shows don't just happen because random shit happens. These shows happen because these GMs put shit together, pull the strings and make things happen. 
If you want something to happen, you got to go through the GM. How many times a show do we see somebody go up to Nick Aldis or uh, Adam Pierce and be like, hey, I want so-and-so. And then they're like, either it's going to happen or hmm, I don't know about that. Maybe you got to show something like just that adds so much to storylines, makes things make sense. I've just loved, 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 loved how much they've got them involved. And I hope that this like stays for a while because I don't want to go back. Oh, you know how much last, I said this from the jump. Yeah. Even <laughs> last night, even last night we had uh, Logan Paul show up in Nick Aldis' mm-hmm. office and he was like going on this whole rant. And then at one point you could just see Aldis just tune out and he's like checking his watch. <laughs> and then Logan Paul's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Blah, blah. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then Adam Pierce is like, got your hands full with that one. And Nick Aldis mm-hmm. like, you have no idea. That's it's just funny. And it's it's interesting because like they're kind of talking shop, you know, like yeah. oh my God, yeah, like Logan Paul, what a pain in the ass. And mm-hmm. then Pierce is kind of like, Yeah, I've got that with the Miz on my show, you know, like <laughs> kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you can almost see the wheels turning of Nick Aldis, like, Jesus Christ, I've got to get the belt off this guy. Who can I put in front of him that he's gonna lose to so that right. I don't have to deal with him anymore? Uh just just interesting stuff all around. I I've been enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Big facts. Big facts. You want to go to your uh, your first stock rising? Yeah. So along the, the lines of all this, it just, I've said this before, but like WWE was really fucking hot for a second, right? CM Punk had come back, felt like they were on top of the world. Then a couple injuries happened. CM Punk's out. Seth Rollins out for a while. And, you know, things were kind of like, oh, damn, what are they, what are they even going to do? Uh, now we're fucking good. Like I'm hyped right now. Like they are on fire still. They have managed to make me still interested. There's no CM Punk. Uh, Seth Rollins isn't wrestling on TV, but we still have Cody versus Roman at Mania, which is incredible. We got The Rock weirdly involved. What's going to happen there? I don't know, but it's the fucking Rock. So that's exciting. We'll, um, we'll know more next week. He's going to be on SmackDown with the Tribal Chief. Well, no more next week. We got this uh, Bailey and EO storyline, which is absolutely divine for me. It's my second favorite storyline on TV. Love that shit. Uh, we got Mommy and whoever she faces, which looks like it's going to be Becky Lynch, probably. Um, could be Bianca Belair. Could be Bianca Belair, too. Could be Bianca Belair. Either way, that's a huge match. Um, there's just so many big match. I got we got Seth Rollins versus I hope it's Drew McIntyre. I really do hope it's Drew McIntyre. And I hope Drew McIntyre wins the title. But there's just so many like big matches, big storylines, big feuds leading up to this WrestleMania. It truly feels like there's a lot of WrestleManias where there's like maybe one, maybe two storylines, things that I'm like really interested in. The rest are just like good matches that are thrown together. This one, it just feels special. It feels different. It feels like there's just... They've done a good job of building things up for a long time, logically building storylines, logically building some matches, and it just feels really good. And on top of that about WrestleMania, I want to add this. I'm huge on brand identity. I think it's super cool, like I said, about the GMs and all that. I think WrestleMania's having their own identity is really important, and I think they lost that for a while when they quit adding the number after WrestleMania and hear me out. It's because when you don't add the, the number after WrestleMania, 
To me, each one kind of bleeds together. Of course, you remember certain things that happened in each one, but you're going to say like, oh, that WrestleMania when X, Y, and Z happened is different from saying at WrestleMania 20 when X, Y, and Z happened. It really just helps like put that inside of like a, like a moment. And I'm really happy that they've started mentioning the number again. I hope they stick with it. I don't know if it's just because it's 40 and it's easy to say 40, but I love that they're saying 40. <laughs> so that's where I was going to kind of fall yeah. on that is like WrestleMania 40 rolls off the tongue really well. Mm-hmm. We're talking about WrestleMania 38. That just doesn't flow. Uh, it, it doesn't flow, but it, Roman, I still think I'll it'd be great. Roman, I'll see you at WrestleMania 38. <laughs> They, they, see, I don't think they, they don't work. have to say it all the time. I don't need them to say it all the time, but like on the marketing, you know, yeah. maybe when Triple H is, is talking about it, which is what happened, uh, you just say the number with it. So like we, we like put the number with the WrestleMania that's happening just so it's like something that gets in your head. It works for the Super Bowl when you get like a Super Bowl number, you know, I see a Super Bowl I, with a number. I can remember that. Genuinely don't know the number of the Super Bowl anymore. That's fair. That's fair. They've kind of lost it. Like at this point, <laughs> like I think it's 54. Couldn't tell you. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I just, I think out of the numbers is cool. Um, and I just, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. WWE's on fire. Do you want to go into your other WWE stock rising? Yes. Or should we switch to a dub? No, let me, let me get this one out too. Go ahead. Hit I'm it. I'm excited. So, uh, this is just something random. I caught, uh, did you, did you see Braun Breaker on SmackDown? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it was interesting. Uh, the reason it was interesting it was a really short segment, like two minutes max. Um, he just shows up on TV, walks in. And if you're watching the show, Paul Heyman is sitting there like. Like he's in love with this guy, like he's like, damn, that's a fucking that's a dude right there. And, uh, you know, he walks in, says a couple things, walks away. And then Paul Heyman is like that. That is like, he says like a specimen or an athlete or something. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, that's interesting. That little moment there really just, you know, a lot of the times they don't do stuff for no reason, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Really just makes you interested with where this bloodline storyline is going with how it possibly could meet a relative end sometime soon. If they're planting the seed for Braun Breaker being the next Paul Heyman guy would make a ton of sense. He fits the mold. I think, I think there's something there, man. I think there's something there. If you are going to build a Paul Heyman guy in a lab. Yeah. It's Braun Breaker. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I mean, Paul was like a cartoon pig floating towards a pie in a windowsill. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I know exactly. He was like, oh, <laughs> give me this that. boy. <laughs> yeah. He, Braun Breaker is like, I, I've been saying this for a while. He mm-hmm. is the next Paul Heyman guy. You have been saying it for a while. And that little, that little moment right there, I was like, interesting. <laughs> All right. Let's switch shows. Yes, sir. Some stocks rising from AEW. I'm going to do my, my quick bonus one first. Okay. The AEW women's division is going up. They're, they're taking things up a notch. This Tony Storm, Deanna Perrazzo story with each of them on commentary, 
the actions in the ring. Tony Storm is a very interesting wrestler, like a very, very interesting wrestler because she has gone through three-ish characters in her time in AEW. And she's now in this timeless character that's like stuck in 1963. And she's even wearing like a weight belt while she's wrestling now. And doing like old school wrestling moves like grappling more than like sports entertainment. She's still throwing that ass around in a hip attack, but like <laughs> it's, it's been so interesting to kind of watch her style change along with this character. Mm-hmm. And after her match this week, she, uh, she said in a promo last week that she was going to smell Deanna and <laughs> what? they get, they get face to face, like face right against each other. And then Tony goes, Oh, and then like walks away. Like it's <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like she's really leaning into this character yeah. and Deanna, you can kind of see these like small heel nuggets that are, that are coming in. Like if she gets this belt at revolution, the first week of March, like I think that Deanna Perrazzo could go on a tear as a heel champion in, in AEW. It's just very interesting to see the the levels going up in the women's division in the booking. And they announced an event, Dimitri, uh, March 13th in Boston, Massachusetts. Big business. Are you excited, bro? You're excited for the big show? <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I got something really funny. I got something. I'm going to send it in the chat. All right. You see that? Look at that real quick. You see that? Mm -hmm. I'm sending, I sent him the logo of the, the, the show, the big business show. All right. Now I'm sending you this this other thing real quick. That's a big show. I just noticed Julia Hart is like tiny on the left-hand side there. (laughs) (laughs) What is she doing? I have no idea. That's a big show t-shirt though. Look at the similarity, bro. Uh, that's a reach um i know i'm just playing (laughs) (laughs) look he he has been on tv in in wrestling gear man looks broken he's getting knee replacement surgery i i saw okay good he needs it like i like every time i've seen him like in gear i'm like i don't don't hurt him please don't hurt this man the real thing that's happening <laughs> is it's boss time. Mercedes Monet is yeah. going to be popping up in her hometown at the TD Garden in a big arena. That's going to oh. be a big, big event for the new biggest star in AEW. Yeah, it makes so much more sense than her appearing in that small little arena. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm hyped for that. Um, and once again, Dimitri, you were wrong. Um, my main stock rising here, it was the opening match from dynamite this week, swerve and hangman. I could watch them wrestle forever. If they wanted to give, they were like, yeah, we know we got two hours on dynamite. We'll just do a two hour swerve and hangman. I'd watch it. (laughs) Brutal. Like they are, they have such good chemistry in the ring together. Um, there was a spot that that couldn't happen because like a table collapsed. They didn't miss a beat. They just went into doing something else. It they are just so good in the ring together. It's just 
I, I, I genuinely, I could watch them go at it to get forever. Swerve is about, did you, did you watch any of this match? Mm-mm. Okay. Swerve it. is about to get the pin and it was a 30 minute time limit for, you know, who's going to face Samoa Joe. They're one and two in the rankings and it's one, two bell rings, time limit draw. Which is one of my favorite things about AEW when they actually use it's always this interesting time when they do that thing. Yeah. So they do the classic thing. Swerve gets on the mic. He's like, no, 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 no. I had you. I had you. Hangman, five more minutes. Crowd erupts. Crowd erupts. Hangman gets a mic and he's sitting in like the corner against the turnbuckles and he gets the mic and he's just laughing, just laughing into the mic. And he goes, no. I was number one on the on the rankings. You had to beat me, and you didn't beat me. You're not getting five more minutes. Yeah. So he rolls out of the ring, and I'm like, ooh, we kind of got a double turn here. Because Swerve has been so over with the crowd, mm-hmm. and he's been a heel, but like, does it make sense that he's a heel when he's such a crowd favorite? And Hangman, you know, like he's always been a face, but hasn't been as over with the crowd lately. And they both kind of got this like swerve turning face a little bit, yeah. hangman turning heel a little bit. I'm like, some this logical is some turns heat. here, baby. Yeah. So as hangman's walking up the ramp, Tony Schiavone, he gets up and he's, hey, wait, wait. I'm getting word from Tony Khan. I'm getting, yep. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a triple threat at Revolution. Samoa Joe, Hangman Adam Page, and Swerve Strickland. I'm like, yes, (laughs) this is going to be so good. Like that main event of Revolution is going to be monstrous. It's going to be so, so, so good. Mm, 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 mm. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. All right. Uh, Let's hit some stocks falling real quick. Um, I'm going to go with a quick one. Chris Jericho lost again to uh, Kanosuke Takeshka. Um, he got put in the walls of Jericho, his own move. Um, this Chris Jericho, Don Callis storyline, who's it for? No <laughs> one, the crowd's not into it. No one gives a fuck. I feel and like Don they got to take, is I feel like they got to take Chris this, Jericho like, out. Screwdriver thing. Like no one cares. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. So big stock falling, get, get them off TV. Like, yeah, I, I was going to say, it, I just, I feel like they got to like, at least remove them for a little bit. Like, just get them out. Like, there's just, it's not positive right now. It's, it's not good for TV. <laughs> just get them out for a little bit. Put somebody else in that position. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there are so, there's so many people on AEW. Yeah. Like, they have such a big pool of talent. And it's like, Chris Jericho again? And a storyline like, no yes, one gives a shit about? I know it's Chris Jericho, but just take him out for a little bit, brother. Just a little bit. It, it, four years ago, you could say, oh, yeah, we got Chris Jericho in the main event. And people are going to be like, oh, shit, Chris Jericho on this new company. All right. Mm-hmm. At this point, it's like, oh, my God, Chris Jericho. It's just, it's <laughs> accurate. It's like the Roman Reigns face thing, you know, uh-huh. from years ago. Like, mm-hmm. no one wants it. We're tired of it. You keep trying to make it happen. Chris Jericho is not happening anymore. He's not the draw you think it is. Yeah. So that was my quick one. Um, yeah. Well, let's switch over to, to what you got. And we'll, we'll end on my strange booking decision. All right. So on uh, Raw, we had that big old 600-day celebration for uh, um, Gunther. And uh, he went out there and basically was like, thank you, but none of this is necessary because 
it's expected. Nobody's going to beat me. I'm going to remain champion for another however many days. It's just going to, it is a fact of life. It is what it is. Nobody back there can beat me. I've went through everybody. Anybody that comes out, they get defeated. Is there anybody back there? And then he's like kind of pandering and trying to get somebody to come out. And then out comes main event, Jey Uso. Now, let me key in on this. This main is event. <laughs> main event, Jey Uso. We are, he is challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental title, which is top of the mid title, essentially. Main event Jey Uso. Okay. So now that I've made that clear, um, I'm not like super upset about it. I just think it's a funny thing. It's like, obviously the crowd loves Jey Uso. Uh, obviously it makes sense that uh, Gunther's ran through a bunch of opponents and he needs somebody new. Jey Uso is that somebody new. Uh, it's just really, it's just like Jey Uso has been saying he wants to get singles gold for a while. He's been saying he wants to be in the main event for a while. It's just, I understand it's like, it's a good title to have. It's just a very funny thing when you call the guy main event Jey Uso when he's going after the mid-card title. It's just, it's a, that's all it is. It's just really funny. And, uh, you know, do we think that main event Jey Uso will steal the title from Gunther? No. 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 Uh, no. I don't think so. I think there's like a small sliver of a chance that they do it, but I really don't. I don't think so because, you know, if Jay gets the title, then what? Like he runs with the title for a little bit. I feel like that would be kind of underwhelming for his character for that to be the outcome. Like he gets the Intercontinental title and he's like, yeah, he got gold. Now what? So, uh, yeah, um, I don't think he'll beat Gunther. Um, I do think it's funny that main event Jay Uso is facing Gunther, but yeah. The the other side of this too is they have this whole qualifying bracket thing to get into the elimination chamber to get into a possible main event at WrestleMania. And he's like, nah, I don't want to be in that. Yeah. Like that gives from me a, this. I want <laughs> this. It, okay, you'll get a main event on Raw yeah. that you'll lose, but it just doesn't for all the logical stuff that WWE is doing right, this doesn't feel like a logical it, thing. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> but it's one of those like, you know, oh, you know, a Gunther J. Uso match. I'm not mad about it. Like yeah, I, exactly. I, I would like to watch that, but it's just like yeah. is this like you said, is this the path? I'm nitpicking a little bit here, but yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna supremely nitpick to to close us out. Um, stocks falling, happy endings. Sting and Darby Allen win tag team gold on Dynamite in a tornado tag match against uh, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Good match. Um, Sting jumped off of a tall thing. That man's insane. <laughs> but they they won tag gold, uh, which according to some reports, Sting was very hesitant about. He was like, I don't need I don't need the belts, not something I need. But him and Darby are undefeated as a tag team. The rankings are back. They're very clearly the number one tag team contender. So they've got to do it at some point. Mm -hmm. We'll run out of time. So um, now's the time. So Sting and Darby win gold. And they've been setting up this, you know, retirement match against the Young Bucks. Nicholas and Matthew Jackson come out in white suits and some baseball bats, I think. And they start clearing out sting and darby 
Sting's sons were at ringside. They jumped the barrier to try to come in to save their dad. They get beat up with bats too. Darby and Sting both get busted open. So there's blood like all over the Young Bucks white suits. Mm. Um, and so here's my kind of confused booking decision. And, you know, I, I guess Sting, again, he had a big say in what his last match was going to be. But his last match is going to be a title defense for the tag team belts that he loses. And in the match, he puts over some up and coming talent, the, oh, uh, executive vice presidents, the Young Bucks. Okay. It's good to lose a last match, but to it, for it to be to the Young Bucks is funny and weird. Uh, I'm just like, really? This is choice? I mean, we haven't had Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks, so I guess it makes sense to kind of close it out with like a match people would have wanted to see, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, feel underwhelmed, Dimitri. I feel underwhelmed. Yeah. That's fair. Do you know the, uh, this is just a random factoid. Do you know Kurt Angle's last matches? No, I don't. Because it was bad. Uh, no, it could have been a- so many people. It could have been like John Cena is obviously in the company. Could have been John Cena who launched his career against Kurt Angle. Could have been a multitude of people. Kurt Angle's last match was a retirement match against Baron Corbin. That's how they oh, sent him I off. I did know this. Yeah. That was bad. <sighs> Not I guess at the that. time they were trying to push Corbin though, weren't they? They were, they were trying to push Corbin and it's just really sad to see that that like, uh, that was his yeah. last match. I love Kurt. It would have just been way cooler if it was like John Cena or somebody, I don't know, somebody who had some sort of significance or somebody who was actually going to end up on the come up, but you never know, I guess, but stinks, man stinks. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe, maybe there'll be something that happens here. I mean, like, Honestly, I'm not mad about the match, like Sting mm-hmm. and Darby versus the Young Bucks, especially with the build and the beatdown and everything. And the Young Bucks are, you know, they're turning heel. They're kind of doing this like douchey executive gimmick now, which is it's kind of funny. Like they're doing this now that CM Punk is gone. Yeah. Like it's they're finding people backstage. Um, they they're requiring people to call them Nicholas and Matthew instead of Nick and Matt. Um, I'm glad they're being heels because I didn't like them from the jump. So with them being heels, it would make more sense for me. <laughs> and and they have this like douchey goatee kind of thing going on too. Yeah. And like it, like the gimmicks working. Like I, it, yeah. they're getting booed in a way that's like not like a oh get off my screen, but a oh my god these guys, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's good heel work. Yeah. And so I'm interested in the match. I'm just you know, is this the way we want Sting to go out? Right. Who knows? Maybe the match will be a banger. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a cage match. Maybe it'll be uh, an extreme rules match. Maybe they'll do something nuts to like really, you know, send them off into the just a memorable moment for Sting. I'm sure yeah. something will be in there. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. But we'll see what happens. Anything else this week, Dimitri? Negative. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Sorry, this podcast is a little bit late. Work interferes. Um, you can find us on Twitter and YouTube at Let Me Pod Two. You can follow Dimitri at Dimitri Talks. You can find me at We Hate Jacob. Please give us a like, comment, subscribe. You can find us on any podcast platform. Please give us a review. Helps other people find the podcast. You can do that on any major network. So find us anywhere you want. Yes. Bye. Have a great week. Yeah.